You are tuned in to the Jackson Hole Connection, sharing fascinating stories of people connected to Jackson Hole. I am truly grateful for each of you for tuning in today. And support for this podcast comes from Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling, bringing the Jackson Hole community residential and commercial food waste composting options. Call 307-733-7678 for more information. I will begin today's episode with a little thought from my wild and wacky brain. Hope this makes sense. Allow yourself to be creative and to learn something new. You will definitely have failures. I fail all the time and you will not find perfection. None of us is perfect. What you will find is creativity and the joy of finding what is hidden inside of yourself. And also, don't forget to smile. Remember to smile. And you are listening to episode number 229. And today's guest, Bronwyn Minton. Bronwyn has been connected to Jackson Hole for several decades. Well, she's been living here in Jackson Hole for several decades, but she's been connected to Jackson Hole in this state of Wyoming since she's a kid. And Bronwyn is the executive director of a 60-year-old organization. That's right. The Art Association of Jackson Hole turned 60 years old this year. And believe it or not, Bronwyn finds time to explore her own creativity as an artist, which you can find on the internet or through some local representation in town. Bronwyn shares her life today as a camper here in Wyoming and what it was like to come out here and then become a counselor at this camp out in the rural area in the Wind River Range of Wyoming and what drew her back to this beautiful place that we all call Jackson Hole. Bronwyn, thank you for joining me today here at the Jackson Hole Connection. You are the first Bronwyn that I've had on the show out of <laughs> 229 episodes. So congratulations. Oh. Thank you. Well, I always say there aren't very many of us, and I'm really glad to be here. <laughs> have you run into another Bronwyn? Yes, I've known a few. Actually, since I've been in Jackson, there have been at least two or three other ones. <laughs> Only in Jackson. I know. My whole life, I never ran into another <laughs> Stefan. But in Jackson, there's like four of us. See? We're <laughs> That's funny. I've been here a pretty long time, so it's so funny. Well, uh, start off sharing how you landed in this beautiful place we call home of Jackson Hole. I am from the East Coast. I'm from Vermont and New Hampshire. Were you born on the border? <laughs> sort of, close. Grew up in Putney, Vermont. And I was born in Brattleboro, Vermont, and lived in Putney, nice and close by, and then moved across the Connecticut River into New Hampshire and grew up there. And then I started coming to Wyoming when I was 10 years old. My uh, mom had worked on a ranch in Pinedale uh, when she was 20 for a couple of summers. And they also had a kids camp and horses and pack trips. And I had been hearing about Wyoming as if it was like the promised land when, all growing up. <laughs> and so I said, yes, I would love to go to camp. So I ended up going to camp for a long time and being a counselor and doing pack trips for these people and did hunting camp. And so I had a very uh, awesome Wyoming kid summer life. Uh, and then after college, 
I lived in New York for a little while. I went to art school and I didn't love being in New York. And so I met a couple of friends out here in the very early 90s. And I've been here ever since. Got friends that I'd worked with on the ranch. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, a, it's great. I love it here. <laughs> how, how cool. And is that ranch still in operations? It, a little bit. No, not as a camp. Um, mm-hmm. the, the cool old cowboy who my mom had worked for and that I worked for is no longer with us. But his wife is still there. And they, yeah, they have some cows and horses, but they're not running any of that part of the business anymore. Mm. But still, it, what's really great about it is all of the people that I sort of knew growing up, there are a lot of people that relocated because of their experience with with this place so <laughs> it's i have i have old old friends who have known since then <laughs> what a phenomenal story to go to a camp from the east coast out here to wyoming yeah it, i mean it, it was pretty cool i was yeah able to you know fly by myself at 10 years old and like get out here and that was a big adventure and <laughs> and then just being here you know, I go I go to the airport now and the airport seems so fancy and so big because in 1980, it was maybe it was a very small building. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. the, the snack shop was um, the vending machine of candy bars and bags of chips. And then the other vending machine that was the soda, probably. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it had one of those coffee machines that would plop the cup of coffee down and, and pour exactly. it out like that. I <laughs> remember those even being there. <laughs> did you funny. get to experience uh lots of wildlife at that camp yeah so it was uh, for the camp it was about a month of or maybe th- it was a month long i think three weeks of you know riding horses in the morning and after lunch all day and then we did a week-long pack trip up into the winds and so there were, yeah there were all kinds of opportunities for you know seeing all kinds of animals and fishing and and riding and swimming in those amazing glacier lakes and mm-hmm. really yeah just incredible up there <laughs> do you recall a story of an interaction that you all as a camp itself had with some wild animals with some of nature let's see i'm trying to think about yeah i mean what's interesting is that we you know we had a lot of horses we had some you know kids and we had some sort of really great interactions with some, not really, but some black bears just sort of surprising us. And they were, you know, it was really great and fun to be able to see them. And moose, you know, it, yeah, it's just beautiful up there. And being able to try to think about one of the sort of higher lakes we were at have California golden trout in them. And so, you know, and they're just really beautiful. Let's see. Yeah, nothing, nothing like weird or scary or anything but just being able to be sort of immersed in such an amazing landscape you know it's it's kind of breathtaking all the hiking and the you know everything you can do when you get up that high is amazing <laughs> so. and when you were out there as a camper and then a counselor in the summertime did it ever snow on you as well oh yeah a, a lot i remember at one point yeah we made snowmen and on the fourth of july it and one of the summers that I actually worked for them, I, I spent over 40 days in the mountains with with guests. I was I was cooking and wrangling and, you know, doing all of that kind of stuff. And that, yeah, that summer was really fun. 
you would come back to town and be like, I don't even know what this is. Like, get me back to the mountains. <laughs> it's population overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> overload is what I think what I was yeah. really trying to say. Population overload. It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> it, it takes some time. And my guess is, well, that was even before cell phones and all that technology. But my guess is them even having a telephone was probably a big deal at that ranch. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we had we had a dial telephone, mm-hmm. a wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was really, yeah, amazing experience. <laughs> so when you decided to relocate back to Jackson or relocate and say, hey, I'm, I'm going to set down some roots here. How old were you when you decided to do that? How many years ago? So it was, uh, I think this is year 31. Okay. Been here. Yeah, I went to art school at, on, on the East Coast, the Rhode Island School of Design. I lived in New York for a little while, and then I lived in Portland, Oregon for a little while, which are both really amazing cities. Portland, it started to rain, and it was November, and I was like, I, well, I don't want to have a wind hmm. rain. So, yeah, I came back in, you know, the early winter and have been here ever since. <laughs> That's awesome. 92. <laughs> so. And share with people the meaning of your name, Bronwyn, where it comes from. So it's Welsh. I'm not Welsh. My mom had a really good friend in college named Bronwyn. And then also she loved a book about Welsh coal miners called How Green Was My Valley. And the heroine's name was Bronwyn. So that is where that, is where that came from. <laughs> That's beautiful. And now that you are in Jackson, you've been here for 31 years. You probably had only one place that you've worked in the past 31 years. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> what what occupies your time nowadays? So I am the executive director of the Art Association of Jackson Hole, and I'm also a practicing artist. And yes, I've had a lot of different jobs, <laughs> but some of them for quite a long time. For I worked for a custom photography lab for like probably 10 years. I've worked retail. I have actually, uh, interestingly, always been associated, always done things with the Art Association. I had one of my first exhibits in like 1993, I think, at the Art Association, and I've taught for them. And my child has taken classes here. So I've sort of been on all all parts of what's going on with what we do. And I also was at, I've, I worked at the newspaper for a little while. Uh, I worked at the National Museum of Wildlife Art as a curator and an educator, uh, both of those things for almost 14 years. And, you know, uh, always a, a lot of things are related um, mm-hmm. because that is, you know, a really big part of, of, you know, what I do and who I am. I feel really lucky to be be here in this community is so amazing and i feel like the art association is such a, a great resource for artists you know for and i'll and i will just say this the art association is turning 60 this year which is one of the oldest arts nonprofits in jackson <laughs> so it's the oldest visual arts nonprofit. the music festival is three years older that's how is it oh so, uh, or so, yeah, I think I may be getting some of my numbers wrong, but that that is pretty incredible that there were 
you know, some really amazing people in the 60s who wanted some art education and they wanted some ways that artists could. One of their big things was trying to provide new skills for people because it was in the 60s and the village hadn't even opened yet. And <laughs> they one of the things they talked about was trying to teach people to make things so that they could sell sell what they had been making to supplement their income. So huh. what I really love about that is that the Art Association is still doing that. We, you know, we're still providing a place for people to learn new things and enhance their lives through creativity. And we still are running the art fairs that are almost that long <laughs> for for local and regional and national artists to be able to sell their work to you know, all the amazing people that come through the valley. So mm -hmm. it's it's fun. <laughs> now, are you guys going to have a big blowout, a big party yeah. for 60? We, yes, we are. We are nailing down some details that I um, will that I will roll out in the in a, the near future. <laughs> OK, sounds good. And earlier before we started the show, you said that as we we're talking that what tell people what you're doing right now. Oh, I am doodling. I am a, I learn things visually and hands-on, which, uh -huh. uh, you know, everybody has like different ways that they learn auditorily or that kind of thing. I don't know what kind of learner or listener you are, but I am much better at gathering my thoughts and thinking and talking with people if I doodle a little. So my, mm. my meeting notebooks and, or anything that I'm doing have a lot of drawings in them so that, and that helps me remember the conversation. It helps me remember, you know, maybe some things that I need to say. But also, yeah, it's a it is interesting because there have even you know there have been studies on like d the way different people need to be in the workplace or in you know in their lives. And I think it's cool to be able to you know acknowledge that and and think about the different ways people need to see go through the world. <laughs> so. I'm making, I'm just making my doodles. You're the only person that I'm aware of that has doodled while I've done an interview. And I think it's really neat <laughs> to hear that. And your, your, your journals and notebooks must be fascinating. To they're, they're, actually, they're pretty boring, but the, <laughs> so the, uh, this one has some circles around some words and some dots. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, better than what my handwriting well, <laughs> looks like, and, and it works for you. It's how you remember what the conversation is of whatever situation that you're in, you know, doesn't matter the meeting or, or the conversation. When you said that you've, you're an artist as well, and you mentioned that how the art associations involved with the visual arts, what medium of materials do you practice for art? So I am like, perpetually curious about about mediums and media and so i oftentimes will come up with an idea for a piece that i'm making and it might be the idea that tells me what what thing i need to use for it so you know i do a lot of drawing i do sculpture i which i use wood and i, I use a lot of different things for it so in some of my sculpture, it's sometimes it's clay, sometimes it's paper, sometimes it's wood, sometimes metal. So yeah, I think I have been curious my whole life about, you know, different, how to use different things to get your message across and tell your story. So I, I feel like I have a pretty good quiver of 
tools <laughs> that can help me tell whichever visual kind of story I'm wanting to tell. I've done film and video, sometimes digital illustration, but more more often I come back to kinds of things that feel good in your hands, in my hands, I should say. So yeah, clay, paper, more maybe some more natural, natural things. Yeah. <laughs> where where do you think that curiosity comes from? So my parents are both really creative people and my dad always was sort of trying to figure out new 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 things. So growing up he would let's what's a good example? He would just say, "Okay, I don't know, let's ma- let's make that thing." And then he would figure out how to do it. So I did I got that from him. Trying to think a, good, a fun example is when I got married, I wanted to make all of the wedding invitations and I hadn't done that much paper making, but my dad said, great, we're going to do that. So we made a really cool mold and like, and handmade all of these handmade paper flowers for our wedding invitation together. So, (laughs) and that was really fun figuring out how to make the mold and then like making them, making all of these paper flowers and, and putting that together with him. So I, yeah, I, I got sort of a curiosity of mediums from him. And my mom is a really amazing farmer slash gardener and a really good cook. So some of that stuff that's, hand, you know, making food for her is really creative. And so I feel like both of them are kind of hands-on people. My dad's mm-hmm. a <laughs> your dad's a what he's a he does ceramics he's a potter oh yeah so, okay. yeah and both of them were uh both of them are ed- were educators uh teachers and so i also i think got a lot of that from them and i'm i love learning and teaching you know all kinds of different things <laughs> talk about curiosity and for adults and for kids of allowing ourselves to explore that curiosity, how important well, that is. In, in like in general or in, the, in art making or just in, yeah, in general, I think. Well, what I, it does for us and health wise and just overall. For me, I think it is, let's see, how would I think about this? I love learning new things. And Did so you? my curiosity feeds into that. I also feel like it's one of those things that you need to be able to allow yourself to, if you're trying to learn something new, you need to be able to allow yourself to practice it. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, I'm at, you know, thinking more in terms of like my creativity and curiosity that you need to be able to practice and also allow yourself to fail or allow yourself to not make something perfect every single first try. So being curious enough to and give yourself enough space to say, okay, great, that first one I did isn't very good and it's maybe it's ugly or it doesn't taste good if you're talking about food or if it's anything like that, that being able to tweak something and know that maybe you can't hold that paintbrush as well as you can if you practice it for a while or maybe, you know, like mixing paint is you first make a pile of mud out of if you're mixing all the colors. But, you know, being able to be curious enough to learn and give yourself space, I think, and not be so critical in the beginning. I think that also ties into 
curiosity in, in my mind, if that makes sense. Yeah. Giving, giving yourself space and, and a place to not be perfect. And I feel like that could go anywhere. It could happen with anything you're doing. It could happen with writing. I mean, we see that a lot with, you know, if you're writing an essay or if you're writing something, you're probably going to have to edit. <laughs> so, so true. If you're filmmaking, you're not going to, you're going to switch words out or you're going to cut that scene out and wish, you know, you put something else in. So it's, uh, you know, constantly trying to be, be in a, let the, some of that flow happen where you can really, you know, let, let something work its way through the process. I, I so appreciate what you just said. <laughs> and, and I know you said it relates to how you are involved in your art and when you get into new things. And I do feel is that even that might be your perspective on it, that it's a very freeing perspective, especially how you said, give yourself some space to not be perfect. And when you've taught classes in the past, do you still teach classes? Yeah, I do, do? Uh, on and off. Yeah. <laughs> do you, you find that with today, because we see so much information in front of us that we as people or a society have trouble to allow ourselves not to be perfect that yeah, concerns we probably do feel that way but we i know you know in my teaching and a lot of the stuff we do at the art association we want to provide a place where everyone can feel comfortable coming and not knowing how to do something one of the sort of classic things that i've come across a lot in in people trying to learn something, you know, artistic is that maybe it, there's a period of time where I don't know if it happens within their, your, their self, themselves or what it has to do with, but there's like a time around age 10, 9, 10, 11, 12, where I think people either have been told that they can't make art or they like just decided that they can't so they have this thing that they go through in life that is like oh no I'm not creative at all <laughs> and one of the things that I feel really strongly about is that if you are really interested in doing something and you're you're freaking out you're so passionate about it you're going to spend more time on it and then you're going to get better at it so it could that could go across any anything it could have to do with athletics it could have to do with writing it could so you know if you say you're like well i never really had much of an interest in drawing so i didn't get i didn't get any better at it then great your passion is going to be about something else like and you're going to get good at it so i feel like just telling people that it just takes practice to do something is a a really great opening way to trying to learn something new and we see it i know yeah you have have kids too like it's the same thing like okay if they're really into soccer they're going to get better at it Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> or if they're really into skiing, they're going to get better at it because they like doing it. So I feel like with if you like doing something and there's a place that it, where it's fun to be, you're going to get really good at drawing or you're going to want to make the best film you can of, you know, anything. Or maybe you could apply that to what you're doing, you know, interviewing somebody like you probably had to maybe practice some and you've been practicing a lot. <laughs> so, for a bunch of years which you know which is really great and there's always i think the thing afterwards when you have made something that you go oh next time 
I'm going to change this part and do it differently. Like a learning when you're practicing something, I think is yeah. really cool. <laughs> so. That's I, I like that, Bronwyn. Thank you. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. My you know, kids today are really get great at maneuvering advice because they like it and they yep. practice it. And yep. it's very easy for them. And I, yes, as a parent, we do struggle with helping the kids understand you might not be good at it right now, but when you do it several times, playing soccer, yep. try ice skating, skiing. Yeah. You didn't show up to the slopes knowing how to just ski down and do a hockey stop and transition your weight from one ski to the next. You've begun learning that and you've learned it over time. So it's just with anything else, if you give it an, a try, it's not going to be the best the first time, but over time yep. you will get there. But it is true. If you are, uh, you know, whatever, on whichever kind of media platform you're looking at, the stuff that we're seeing are the clips of the people doing the best possible thing they've ever done. Mm -hmm. And it is easy to go, oh, well, I could never do that. <laughs> but but really what went into them getting to that clip that were, you know, th that reel or whatever it is we're looking at is like years and years and years of obsession and practice. Mm -hmm. so <laughs> yeah, some of that obsession. Ouch. Ouch <laughs> for sure. Bronwyn, we're going to take a quick break to get a word from one of our sponsors, and then we're going to come back and learn more about you and the Art Association. Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling estimates that approximately 3,954 tons of food waste are disposed in the trash right here in Teton County every year. This makes food waste the next frontier material in the quest to achieve our county's goal to reduce waste and recycle more, which will help us aim for zero waste. For more information on Teton County Integrated Solid Waste and Recycling's Curb to Compost Commercial Food Waste Program, visit tetoncountywy.gov recycle and join today. Bronwyn, welcome back. I appreciate what you just shared with us as far as practicing and learning that creativity to be, whether to draw, um, to write, to practice anything, you got to put forth the effort and we got to allow ourselves to fail. And over the years, the Art Association, you were saying that it was initially created because it was a way to help teach people how to produce something and then they could go sell it here in Jackson. Now, people listening in, not everybody here in Jackson is has, understands the history and the importance of back in the 60s of what that meant. <laughs> yeah. Could you share with people why that would have been so important, especially back in the 60s and up to a certain point here in Jackson? Yeah. So, I mean, all of this I, is sort of all all that I know and that we know about then and the, you know, the creation of the Art Association is, you know, some stories and quotes from some awesome people. But yeah, they also were trying to get more art in the schools. Uh, so, you know, provide more art and education for kids and, you know, more skills for uh, adults. And I don't know, um, trying to sort of imagine some of those classic pictures of Jackson from the old days. You know, I know in the 
early 70s, there was one stoplight and I think there were not very many paved streets in town. Um, yeah, I think something there, like the main highway. Yeah. <laughs> the one that came in from the south of town <laughs> and the one that went up into the park with paved. And maybe by the, I think it was a while before the road in front of the yeah. wart was paved. Then my husband moved here in 1972 and he remembers the one stoplight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I think it was, you know, and we didn't have the winter activity that we do now. You know, they were, I think, yeah, Snow King was happening, but it, we didn't really have, you know, that kind of tourism and activity. And so I can imagine that the winters were really, really long and cold. And, you know, the, a lot of the stuff that was happening here was summer, summer based <laughs> mm -hmm. getting to the park and that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, I can, I can sort of imagine people trying to also fill their time with something constructive when the days are short and it's cold <laughs> and do it indoors. Exactly. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I think we've been uh, sort of reflecting on that with, you know, this six year anniversary and like what, you know, what was it like? And, you know, how many, I don't know, just a really, it's a really fun marker when these kind of things happen in this town where, where you can actually, because it's not very old, you know, it's young in the grand scheme of things. And we've, sort of documented it so we can imagine and think about how much change has happened you mm -hmm. know that in that amount of time which i think is really wonderful and some of the people we we know still <laughs> so, you know who were who were there <laughs> so what a remarkable practical vision that some people had to to bring forth and i can only imagine what maybe the art was in the school system back then yeah compared to what's available now and i've seen the class schedule for what the art association offers and i remember when you guys when the center for the arts opened and you guys got that space and you have a ceramics room and so many different mediums of facilities yeah, so we we have over 10,000 square feet of classroom and offices in the Center for the Arts. We're one of 21 nonprofits in this building. We take up the most space just by a tiny bit, a little bit more than Dancer's Workshop. But what a lot of times when I am, you know, touring people that haven't been in here before, you know, it really comes back to me that it is like a very small college art department. It it's amazing. The the kind of equipment and opportunity and studio space that we have available to all ages in our community is amazing. So we have, you know, we have toddlers coming to class and we have lifelong learners coming to class and any level of, you know, ability in making it. We have professional artists working in our studios and we have brand new people who are wanting to learn how to, to you know, paint with watercolors or any other medium. Yeah, we have a an incredible ceramic studio. We have a multi-purpose studio that has a great jewelry making section. We have we have fused glass. We have a very small woodworking area. We have, let's see, I mean, you name it. We we have probably three or 
four different kinds of printmaking we do regularly. We have a, a great digital, a digital lab and that has, we do, and we have a ton of iPads. So we do animation and photography with kids. We have a wet dark room. And so we do some alternative process and black and white photography, digital photography. Yeah, it's really great. So if if people are wanting to like learn something new, it, it's such a great place to be able to come with a friend and say, hey, let, you know, or with your partner or or whoever, like, let's go take a one night class or let's take a five or six week long class and learn and learn something new or hone a skill. <laughs> Think of the impact that the Art Association has made and that you've made in people's lives to help that creativity come alive within them. Yeah, I feel like it, we're so lucky to be able to have organizations like this. And at the moment, I'm helping steward it. But there, there have been a lot of other people stewarding it and some, you know. In well, the Karen Stewart was one. Yes. Yeah. Karen led the Art Association for 17 years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, and. Yeah, and was and gave me a lot of my first opportunities in a bunch of different areas, and it's it felt really great as a young, you know, twenty something to come here and have this kind of a facility and this kind of an organization be really supportive of you know newly person out of college. Yeah, I feel like that with a lot of different things that we have in Jackson that we are we are so lucky with the kinds of resources that we have for all areas. <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> it, it is and to see the art community here and how it helps people think and live freely and yeah what's yeah. so cool about about this building is that you know we have a really great music school and we have dancers workshop doing dance and we have you know you name it the writer's workshop public art the you know film and I'm just naming a few that are coming to the top of my head, but it's really fun to be able to work with all of those organizations, all of these organizations in the building. We offer camps with Teton Music School. We offer camps with the theater groups. We, you know, so there are ways to really get active with all kinds of uh, artistic mediums. It's, it's neat. <laughs> and I think I saw a flyer recently that you all have an event that's pretty become pretty popular in town coming up yeah who done it yeah it's coming yes who done it is such a great it's one of our big fundraisers and it's also a great community event and so it's and i'm not gonna remember how many years we've doing it we've been doing it but quite a few so art all artists anybody can participate can mm -hmm. get a six by six canvas and paint on it. And you don't put your name on the front, you put your name on the back. And so the whole idea behind the name of it, whodunit, is you come to an anonymous art show and sale and bid on a piece. And who knows, you know, maybe you can figure out whose style that is, but you're mm -hmm. getting a prize when you, when you bring your piece of art home. And it might be made by you or by me or by one of kids or you know anybody in the community can participate and we also have people making t in by invitation artists making 12 by 12 canvases and 18 by 18s uh and there are some jewel people making jewelry as part of it it's a really great community event 
because it is anonymous and because anybody can participate. <laughs> and with that whodunit, at one point due to COVID, it was online. Is it now just all back in person, no more online? Correct. We're using a online bidding system, but everything is being, as we speak, hung in the building, in our gallery and in other places in the, in the center. And we will have a few, a few meaning, I don't know, 20 or so pieces that are just, you will have to be there in person to bid on them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if, if you weren't coming to the event, you could bid on a piece still through our digital platform. But the event itself is really great because you're able to see the artwork in person and visit with everybody. <laughs> well, it's always good to visit with people. It's not about rubbing <laughs> elbows. It's about taking hands and giving people hugs and sharing experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Bronwyn, <laughs> if people want to connect with you and learn more about the Art Association and your art as well, how can they do that? So at the Art Association, we have a really great website, artassociation.org. And my email is bronwyn at artassociation.org. And I would be happy to visit with anybody. And if you're interested in looking at my work, uh, my website is bronwynminton.com. And I have an Instagram, which is Studio. And let's see, I also have have a few pieces of work at the art shop in Moose, which is a really great store. And then, yeah, for my other work, I, I it's either on my website or um, I'm working on a couple of respective installations, exhibits. So. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Bronwyn, I appreciate what you're doing for people's creativity <laughs> in this town and spreading that along. And for everybody listening in, if you don't live here in, in Jackson, find a place in your community that can help you build on your creativity because we all have it. It's just a matter of do we allow it to to come out and be alive? And, and that's so important. We have to give it an opportunity. We all can do it. Exactly. Been very wonderful to be talking with you this afternoon. Thank you so much for, in, for inviting me. <laughs> you got it. We'll see you soon. Maybe at a rotary. Yes. Just like today. I love rotary. <laughs> yes. Rotary is a beautiful organization, very impactful around the world. And go have a great day and enjoy time with your family. You too. Happy Thanks. Valentine's Day. <laughs> you too. All right. Bye, Bronwyn. Bye. To learn more about Bronwyn Minton and the art culture here in Jackson Hole, visit the Jackson Hole Connection.com, episode number 229. I so appreciate you tuning in here today cheers till next week get out there and share this podcast folks so more people can learn and live and enjoy what other people have to share cheers till next week take care bye